0: Flipping along, singing a song
1: Under a western
2: moon From Hollywood comes your all-star western theater Starring America's great western singers, Boy Willing, and the writers of the Purple Sage Bringing you the music, the stories, and the spirit of the great open spaces And now, the Riders of the Purple Save. Nowhere to go and nothing to
1: do, I'm just a happy roving cowboy. Let me ride that long trail down to the end where the skies are always blue. Hear my song as I ride along, I'm just a happy roving cowboy. Herding the dark clouds out of the sky, keeping the heavens blue. Sing my song till they call me home To the land beyond the blue Hear my song as I ride along I'm just a happy roving cowboy Herding the dark clouds out of the sky Keeping the heavens blue Thank you, friends. During the past few years, Americans have come to realize the full worth of our folk music as a literature that helps us understand the old days and is real fun. We, the writers of the Purple Sage, sang one of the most popular of all folk songs in the Republic picture under Colorado skies. And we'd like to do it for you again now. The Blue Tail Fly. How slow if you'll lead off. The rest of us will join in on the chorus. When I was young, I used to wait on Massa and hand him the play Pass down the bottle when he got dry And brush away the blue tail fly Jim Crack Corner don't care Jim Crack Corner don't care Jim Crack Corner don't care Old Mass has gone away One day he rolled around the farm the flies so numerous they did swarm One chance to bite him on
0: the paw.
1: The devil take the blue tail fly Jim Crack Corner don't care Jim Crack I don't care
2: Jim Crack I don't care Oh, Mass has gone
1: away
2: The pony run, he jump and pitch
1: and tumbled massa in the ditch He died and the jury wondered why the verdict was a blue tail fly Jim Crack on I don't care Jim Crack on I don't care Jim Crack on I don't care
2: Riders of the Purple Sage sing Going Down the Road Feeling Good. Oh, that's bad, Bob. What? I say that's bad. Listen, you hombre, what right have you got to talk? Pick up your string shoebox and strum the tune, but don't criticize my announcing.
1: Oh, I'm not criticizing your announcing, Bob. I just said he was bad. The song, the song is bad. Then what are you singing it for? Well, the song isn't bad. Yeah, but you just said it was. Hey, listen, Mr. Abbott and Mr. Costello, there ain't time to make a long routine out of this. The title of the song is Going
3: Down the Road Feeling Good.
2: That's what I said. I mean
3: bad. Going down the road feeling bad. Good. Bad.
2: That's what I said. Who's
3: talking to you? Hey, grab a guitar, somebody. Get some new holts on and let's start. A thing like this could use up all the time we got for commercials. Going down the
1: road feeling bad. Down the road Feeling bad Going down the road Feeling bad Bad, bad Ain't gonna be Treated this way These two dollar Shoes hurt my feet Two dollar Shoes hurt my feet These two dollar Shoes hurt my feet Feet, feet Ain't gonna be Treated this way Going down the road Feeling bad Going down the road Feeling bad Going down the road, feeling bad, bad, bad. Ain't
0: gonna
1: be treated this way. Oh, yeah. Fed me on cornbread and beans. Fed me on cornbread and beans. Fed me on cornbread and beans, beans, beans. Ain't gonna be treated this way. Going down the road, feeling bad. <laughs> Going down the road feeling bad. Going down the road feeling bad, bad, bad. Gotta be treated this way.
2: Now, the melodious semi classical number we all know and love so well Cool Waters.
1: A barren waste, without the taste of water, cool
0: water, old
1: Dad and I, with throats burned dry and so. To listen to him, Dan, he's a devil, not a man, and he spreads the burning sand with water. Then can you see that big green tree where the water's running free and it's waiting there for you and me? The nights are cool and I'm a fool each star.
0: I'll
1: wake and yawn and carry on to water. Cool, clear, water. Keep a moving, Dan, don't you listen to him, Dan. He's a devil, not a man, and he spreads the burning sand with water. Can you see that big green tree Where the water's running free And it's waiting there for you and me?
2: The shadows sway and seem to say Tonight
0: we pray
1: Where
0: there's water, cool water, clear water, water. Keep a moving,
1: Dan. Don't you listen to him, Dan? He's a devil, not a man, and he spreads the burning sand with water. And can you see that big green tree Where the water's running free And it's waiting there for you and me
2: for Foy Willing and the Riders of the Purple Sage to tell us another of their adventures in the West. This week, they call their story The Banker's Prisoner. All was serenity and peace in Sawhee County a few weeks ago. Cattle grazed contentedly on grass turned green by recent rain. Ranch hands idled lazily about the corrals. Even smoke coming from chimneys of cookhouse stoves seemed to be in a state of indolence as it floated skyward. And the arrival from Boston of Langley-Schuster caused hardly a stir. Now that in itself was surprising, for when an Eastern owner visits his ranch, the visit is usually preceded by feverish activity. But all this was a few weeks ago. Now those three vagabonds, the riders of the Purple Sage, enter Solwee County carefree, lighthearted, unmindful that the day might not continue as either calm or uneventful.
1: Johnny, hustle up. What are you doing back there? Right up here alongside Al and me. Johnny? He don't hear a word you say, boy. Oh, what's ailing that guy today? Uh, Something is. He's been acting odd since dawn. When I rolled out of my bunk, there was Johnny sitting out under a tree, paring his nails and mumbling, the lights will all go out for me. The lights will all go out for me.
3: Hey, boy! Al, wait!
1: Well, let's get going, Johnny.
3: Take a look. See how he's parred his nails down? Yeah. Boy, do you know any ranch I could get to be the owner of?
1: You want to be the owner of a ranch? Well, I reckon you can buy any ranch in the county if you got money enough, Johnny.
3: I mean, how can I get one without money?
1: Well, yeah, Loco is a blue-eyed catamount.
3: You see, I've got to own a ranch by tonight. I've yes. just got to.
1: <laughs> Johnny, you've been shooting off your big mouth again, haven't you?
3: And to a girl. Yeah, her name is Peggy. She's as pretty as a pin o Love,
1: same thing as being Loco. All right, come on. Let's have it. You made out you were a big shot... You told the girl you owned a ranch? Uh Uh-huh. The Circle Three. Why, the Circle Three belongs to
3: that banker from Boston. What's his name, Mr. Schuster? Boy, I couldn't help myself. Oh, the moon was hitting Peggy's face crosswise. I lost my head. I began to talk without thinking. And when I told her I owned the Circle Three... I didn't have any idea she was a rich heiress. Nah, bunk. She owns a 40,000-acre ranch in Montana, Foy. And she's down here to buy cattle to stock the place with.
1: Wait a minute. I know, Foy. I know what Johnny's done. He got carried away and sold the gal all the cattle on the Circle 3 ranch. Johnny, well, you... she
3: persuaded me I ought to, Foy. Yeah. Besides, she's paying me more than market price.
1: But you don't own those cattle.
3: Well, they belong to this banker
1: from Boston. Yeah, Mr. Schuster. And Mr. Schuster's out here making an inspection of the ranch right now.
3: Peggy's gonna bring me a check tonight when we have our date. And a men are supposed to load the cattle right afterwards. Ah, let's rope him time, boy. If he accepts
1: that check, he'll land in jail. Sure.
3: You can't rope me. I've got a date tonight. If I don't keep it, Peggy may never give me another.
1: Oh, Peggy is... Al, huh? look at the crowd down there on Main Street.
3: Hey, something's up.
1: Must be trouble. Right on ahead if you want to, boy. I'll stay here and see that our loco sidekick don't get into any more bad business deals.
3: Peggy and I made a date to meet at...
1: We'll all ride ahead. Yeah, Johnny needs something to keep him out of mischief. Yeah. Come on, let's find out what all this ruckus is about.
4: now
3: it appears to be big trouble yeah sure does. I have to keep my date with hey me. you
4: fellas are just the men we're looking
3: for
1: looks like you're having a little excitement Mr. Grover you know, we're having too much excitement for it. most of us
4: around here have been swindled by the neatest little confidence game you ever seen you know who's doing it sure we know it's a fellow and a gal we looked him up in the sheriff's file saw the pictures but the sheriff says he can't do a thing because we ain't got the kind of evidence that will stand up in court
1: What's the racket they're working Well,
4: you see, the gal's name, at least the name she gives, is Peggy Gladstone.
3: Peggy Gladstone? I know... According a... to the
4: sheriff's file, she's Peggy Winters, alias Persuading Peggy. She's the wife of the man who works with it. Wife? Peggy's married? oh His name is Fred Winters, alias uh, Forgin' Freddy. I've been deceived. The woman goes to the different ranches, you see, claiming to be an heiress from Montana. Down here to buy cattle, the stocker plays with. I think I'm getting sick. Most of the boys didn't want to sell it first, but, uh, she sort of got away with her. She uh, she wasn't given the name persuading Peggy for nothing.
3: Oh, I feel weak, Al. You see, they agreed to looks... sir.
4: Then along about sundown, she brings the man in, claims he's her attorney, and he signs a check for the cat. Then they and some other fellas take the cattle away in trucks the very same night. All right, the next morning when we go to deposit the check in the bank, there's not a blessed word written on it. The ink has faded until there isn't a sign of any right.
1: Grover, I'm glad you told me about this. And I'm mighty glad you told me right now.
4: Yeah? You, you think you can help us?
1: If you'll follow my lead until tomorrow morning, we'll have both George and Freddie, and Persuading and Peggy, locked in the county jail. Come on, Al Johnny, we got work to do.
3: Married? My Peggy is? I just don't believe it.
1: Older boys, let's have a little confab before we go in and talk to Mister. Schuster.
3: How could such a wonderful gal marry a varmint named Forge and Freddy? Johnny, straighten out and wake up. He's
1: taking this awful hard for it. We're going in and lay a plan before Mr. Schuster. If he'll cooperate, we'll get these crooks fast. Well, ain't there some way to do it without letting Mr. Schuster in on the plan? You know how them Easterners are, always get balled up. Well, if we don't tell him what we're going to do, Al, we'll run the risk of getting shot.
3: And the pretty thing she said to me last night.
1: Johnny, now here's your job. Keep that date with Peggy this evening.
3: My heart won't be in it now, Foy.
1: Nevertheless, keep the date. And let her buy Mr. Schuster's cattle. Take a check from her or from her husband, whichever offers it to you.
3: I hate her husband. After... Look at the
1: crowd down there on Main Street. Hey, something's up. Must be trouble. Ride on ahead if you want to, Foy. I'll stay here and see that our loco sidekick don't get into any more bad business deals.
3: Peggy and I made a date to meet at.
1: We'll so... all ride ahead. Yeah, Johnny needs something to keep him out of mischief. Yeah. Come on, let's find out what all this ruckus is about.
4: Here comes Boy Willing and his men. We'll get some satisfaction now.
1: It appears to be big trouble. Yeah, sure does. I have to keep my date with
4: him. Hey, you fellas are just the men we're looking for.
1: Looks like you're having a little excitement, Mr.
4: Grover. Uh, we're having too much excitement for it. Most of us around here have been swindled by the neatest little confidence game you
1: ever seen. You know who's doing it? Surely we know.
4: It's a fellow and a gal. We looked him up in the sheriff's file, saw the pictures. But the sheriff says he can't do a thing because we ain't got the kind of evidence that'll stand up in court. What's the racket they're working Well, on? you see, the gal's name, at least the name she gives, is Peggy Gladstone.
3: Peggy Gladstone? I know... According to pe- the
4: sheriff's file, she's Peggy Winters, alias Persuading Peggy. She's the wife of the man who works with it
3: Wife? Peggy's married?
4: oh His name is Fred Winters alias, uh, Forgin Freddy. I've been deceived. The woman goes to the different ranches, you see, claiming to be an heiress from Montana, down here to buy cattle to stock her place with. I
3: think I'm getting sick. Most of the
4: boys didn't want to sell at first, but, uh, she sort of got away with her. She, uh, she wasn't given the name persuading Peggy for nothing.
3: Oh, I feel weak, Al. You see, they agreed to sell.
4: Then, along about sundown, she brings the man in, claims he's her attorney, and he signs a check for the cat. Then, they and some other fellas take the cattle away in trucks the very same night. All right, the next morning, when we go to deposit the check in the bank, there's not a blessed word written on it. The ink has faded until there isn't a sign of any writing.
1: Grover, I'm glad you told me about this. And I'm mighty glad you told me right now.
4: Yeah? You, you think you can help us?
1: If you'll follow my lead until tomorrow morning, we'll have both Forging and Freddy and Persuading Peggy locked in the county jail. Come on, Al Johnny, we got work to do.
3: Married? My Peggy is... I just don't believe it. <laughs> Older,
1: boys. Let's have a little confab before we go in and talk to Mr. Schuster.
3: How could such a wonderful gal marry a varmint named Forge and Freddie?
1: Johnny, straighten out and wake up. He's taking this awful hard for it. We're going in and lay a plan before Mr. Schuster. If he'll cooperate, we'll get these crooks fast. Well, ain't there some way to do it without letting Mr. Schuster in on the plan? You know how them Easterners are always get bowled up. Well, if we don't tell him what we're gonna do, Al. We'll run the risk getting shot.
3: And the pretty thing she said to me last night. Honey, now here's
1: your job. Keep that date with Peggy this evening.
3: My heart won't be in it now, Floyd.
1: Nevertheless, keep the date. And let her buy Mr. Schuster's cattle. Take a check from her or from her husband, whichever offers it to you.
3: I hate her husband. Afterwards, stick with him
1: until we get there. We'll be at the Circle 3, waiting for the man to take Schuster's cattle. Yeah, but the sheriff says the evidence is... We'll in. have all the evidence the sheriff needs, Al. If they deny writing the check as they've done in the past, then we'll get them on a charge of uh, stealing cattle. And that's something they can't deny because we'll have caught them in the act. Peggy done me wrong. If we get uh, Schuster's cooperation, that's all we need. And I think we'll get it as soon as we tell him what racket these crooks are working. Crooks, huh?
5: Crooks near my ranch. Good thing I arrived when I did.
1: Yes, it is, Mr. Schuster. Mr. Schuster. We'll need your help running them down. Disgraceful,
5: that's what. Leader of the band is named Foy Willing, you say?
1: No, no, no. My name's Foy Willing. It yeah. is?
5: Well, quite a coincidence.
1: Small world, huh? Old fuddy-duddy. Oh, this has been a terrible day. The leader's name is Forging Freddie Winters. His wife works with him. Calls herself Peggy Gladstone. Always
5: liked the name Peggy. My maternal grandmother had a cousin, Peggy. Lived in Boston, same as I do. Good town. Wonderful seafood. Never liked the stuff myself, though. Well,
1: Mr. Schuster. Tastes too much like fish. <laughs> well, Mr. Schuster, these crooks are. Crooks?
5: Oh, oh yes. Well, young men, what have you got to say for yourself? Us? Speak up, speak up, you rascals. We've got your dead to rights.
1: Oh, boy, why don't you hit him on the head? Why, these men are with me, Mr. Schuster, Al Slowey and Johnny Paul.
5: Oh, Al Slowey, huh? Nice looking young fellow.
1: <laughs> these crooks are a man and wife. They buy cattle at higher than market prices, pay by check and move the stock out immediately. When the rancher takes the check to his bank, he finds the ink has faded out.
5: Gracious, that's no way to
1: conduct business. Now here's how you can cooperate. Let us pretend to sell your cattle to them, and when they come here to take the cattle away, we'll nab them on charges of rustling. Rustling.
5: Spend it. Lead the way. By Jove, Foy Willie will get 20 years for this, so my name's not Al Sloway.
1: Johnny, go and keep your date now. Remember, a lot depends on you. Get the check, then stick with her. Don't let her get away. We want her behind the bars, too. Oh, it seems like a shame. Never mind that. You just stick with her. And whatever you do, don't bring her to the ranch. We've got to keep her and Forge and Freddy apart until after they've been questioned. Come on, Al. We're to meet Grover and the townspeople out at the Circle Three. Right along, Johnny. And don't slip up on this.
6: You're just about the most romantic man I've ever seen, Johnny.
3: Gee.
6: And so intellectual. Intellectual means you've got brains, Johnny. Gee. But romantic intellectual men are the ones a girl always has to watch out for. They're dangerous.
3: Peggy, you're not married, are you?
6: If I were, do you think I'd dare go out with a dangerous man? Well. It only leads to trouble. I hope you're... You won't take it like, well, like an insult, Johnny. But a girl does have to watch herself when she's dealing with a man like you. You see, I I don't even know for sure that, well, that that you do own the Circle Three Ranch and the cattle. If you take me over there, then I would be sure. And I wouldn't worry about buying cattle somebody else might own and maybe getting arrested for Will you take me to your range, Johnny? I uh
3: I'll I... give
6: you the check first. Just to show I really do trust you. And that I'm only asking to go as a compliment to my business sense.
3: Well, gee.
6: Here's the check, Johnny.
3: Oh, gee. Oh.
6: Come, come on, Johnny, please.
3: Gee. Oh, gee. All right, Peggy. Oh, gee.
6: Johnny, why are you knocking at the door? Uh,
3: my uncle is here. He's visiting me. He might be asleep. I wouldn't want to wake my uncle up. Well, uh, well, gracious. You here again? Howdy, Uncle Langley. What's that, what's that? Uncle Langley? This is Peggy, you know, remember? I told you about Peggy.
6: Hello.
3: Oh, yes. Well, yes, do come in. don't understand this uncle business.
6: I just wanted Johnny to show me the house. I'm so interested in houses.
3: Will you show Peggy around, Uncle Langley, while I go out and see if everything's all right at the corrals? There's that uncle again. Can't understand it. Child of
5: my brother or sister.
3: Will you, Uncle Langley? Uh,
5: Oh, yes, yes, to be sure. Never had a brother. Only one sister.
3: I'll be back in a minute.
5: Uh, Young man, are you my sister, Lavinia's boy? Huh? Oh, sure, sure, Uncle Langley. That's strange. Lavinia always told me she was an old maid. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Gracie, a girl Who are you?
6: Peggy, don't you remember?
3: Boy, boy Johnny, she's here I had to bring her You brought persuading Peggy here after all I told you? What... Well, she persuaded me she... Oh, all right I...
1: <laughs> Al, we'd better go on in and take care of ourselves Or she'll get away.
3: Hey, wait a minute They come for the cattle Oh, Peggy told me about Johnny, it. go on in Have Mr. Houston keep Peggy his
1: prisoner until we get back Then you join Al and me. We'll be helping Mr. Grover and his men get those crooks. They're getting away. Al, find the telephone. Phone five corners. Have a barricade set up. Right. Mr. Grover and I will get the men to close in on them from this direction. A barricaded five corners will bring them to a halt.
3: Boy, I told Mr. Schuster to take Peggy prisoner. And he said he would. Stick with us, Johnny. There's still plenty of work to do.
1: Boys, now ride back and get the girl, Mr. Grover. If you and your men want to take these fellas down to the sheriff. (laughs) You bet we want
4: to take them to see the sheriff.
1: Better keep them covered all the way to town. Yeah,
4: we'll tie their hands and keep them covered.
1: And thanks a lot for your help, boys. We'd have never got them if it hadn't been for you. Glad to help, Mr. Grover. And within a
3: couple of hours,
1: you'll have the girl to add to your collection of crooks.
3: Gee, to think a romance has to end by me helping to put Peggy in jail. (laughs) Glad to see
5: you, chaps, again. Come right in. Thanks, Mr. Schuster. Old fuddy-duddy. See, you already know my nephew. Your nephew? He means me. My sister's boy. She's ashamed of him, I guess. Never mentioned in her letters that she had a child.
1: Mr. Schuster, we've come to get persuading Peggy. You don't say. Why, well, she's here, ain't she? The girl Johnny brought, remember?
3: Oh, oh, yes, a cute one. Oh, how will I ever face her?
1: No, she's Gone? Gone? Well, we told you to hold her a prisoner. Had a
5: previous engagement, she said. Gave me her address, though. Told me to get in touch with her real soon. Ain't he a mess? Oh, uh, yes. um, Told me a formula, too. Disappearing ink. Write with this ink and the writing disappears completely. Thought I'd have fun with the boys at my bank in Boston when I go back.
3: I'm sort of relieved Peggy got away.
5: Hey, let me show you. She wrote the formula down. Delightful girl, Peggy paid her $250 for the formula. Well, what are we going to do now, boy?
1: Oh, I reckon Forgy and Freddy will implicate Peggy when he confesses.
5: Uh, here's the paper she wrote the formula. What? Paper's blank, completely blank. Address is gone, too. Both written on this same piece of paper. They've disappeared. What? What? What do you know about that? Good thing I made out her check with that same ink. <laughs> or, uh...
0: Or did I?
2: performance of All-Star Western Theater would be complete without the playing and singing of a Western number from our file of songs that carry on the tradition and spirit of the Great Open Spaces. This week, a comparatively new song, but already a favorite, When the White Roses Bloom in Red River Valley. When
0: the white roses bloom down in Red Sunset rain.
1: In Red River Valley I'll come back And make your every dream come true
0: Goodbye, my darling One kiss before I go Remember
1: white roses blue down in red Well, that's about it for this time, friends. Before we go, we'd like to thank our actors for their help in telling this week's story. Bill Beauches, Herb Butterfield, and Daphne Drake. This is Foy Willing speaking for Al Sloy, Scotty Harrell, Johnny Paul, the writers of the Purple Sage, saying so long, and good luck to all of you.
2: Drifting along From Hollywood, you've heard your all-star Western Theater, a V.M. Bear production starring America's great Western singers, Foy Willing and the writers of the Purple Sage. The script was by Ray Wilson and direction by Tom Hargis. This is Bob Green speaking.